Caro, on to the top footy stories. Well, I've done a top 10 because you know I love a top 10. So I'll, I'll, I'll whip through them fairly quickly. Number 10, I think you have to say, is the implosion of Melbourne champion Clayton Oliver and all his issues this year, culminating with some real issues involving some really concerning off-field stuff at the end of the season, exacerbated by his teammate Joel Smith, who we found out at the end of the season tested positive to a banned substance in the last game of the year, last time and away game against Hawthorne. And, of course, Melbourne's overall implosion, both in their AFL and AFLW team, going out in straight sets in both those final series. Number nine, the appointment of the 33-year-old woman, Laura Kane, to the second most powerful position in footy. Now, I think that Andrew Dillon, the new CEO, was going for a couple of other people, but Laura ended up getting the job and it's done a pretty good Good job, made a good fist of it so far, but you would not have picked that a few years ago. Brody Grundy, the very highly publicised trade to the Melbourne Football Club and the disaster that it became. Of course, he's gone now within a year and playing for Sydney. The sacking of Stuart Dew, um, something that um, Stuart Dew himself said was a, there was a witch hunt, it wasn't going to happen, the club denied it was going to happen, it happened a week later. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The Ben Keys non goal for the mm. Adelaide Crows, yes. which um, should have been a goal. Um, the should reverberations have, have continued. Adelaide Crows have got the most extraordinarily generous fixture next year and don't think that their president, John Olsen, did not use and manoeuvre what happened to make sure Adelaide got a good deal. It, it probably, they might probably wouldn't have made the finals anyway, but it definitely put pay to their finals hope. So it was a disaster. Number five, the procrastination of Richard Goiter, the AFL chairman, in A, finding a replacement for Gillan McLaughlin, B, accepting Gillan McLaughlin was actually going to leave, and C, refilling his commission with any, someone, anyone who'd actually played an AFL game. He's finally done that. He finally appointed Andrew Dillon. It took about 18 months. I mean, the, the way it took so long for Richard Goiter to change, reshape his commission, it took him three years. It was just... A re- it was a real pity. It hurt the game in many, many ways. So, I mean, we saw things like, you know, I've talked about the Ben Keys non-goal, the lights going out at the Gabba. Those things aren't because there's no good footy people on the commission, but it just highlights the fact that the AFL had some real on-field issues. And it also felt, Caro, too, the length of time it took to to fill the, the role. With Do you think that was extraordinarily long oh, well, and rather that, difficult they, for some of the people who'd put their hand up for the job. Yeah, and well, Richard Goiter joked um, in South Australia that maybe Peter Melanowskis would make a great AFL CEO, and it was pretty insulting given that four aspirants were sitting in the room when he said it and had put their lives on hold to go for the job. Look, um, I think Gillan McLaughlin announced he was resigning and then regretted it, and then to quote Richard Goiter, the Hawthorne stuff happened and that was an excuse to keep Gillen going and the clubs did want him to keep going to try and resolve that. It was never going to be resolved as it turned out. Even Gillen couldn't fix that really, um, didn't really put a full stop on it. So no, that wasn't good. Anyway, number four was Gather Round. We knew it was coming last year, but no one could have imagined what a wild success it was going to be. You had a blast. You had your party shoes on for the whole weekend, I booked didn't my you? tickets next year. And Brendan and the hotel. We're there. No, not a, look, it was – and then on the last day of Gather Round, Gillan McLaughlin, in one of his last acts, signed a deal with the Premier for another three years. So it's around till 2026. It's going to be huge. Number three, the implosion 
I guess, along with many other things of Alistair Clarkson, four-time premiership coach, went to North Melbourne, had to stand out of the game after the allegations from the First Nation families at Hawthorne, started coaching, had that sort of terrible sort of altercation, really verbal altercation with a female journalist, kept coaching for a few weeks, then completely fell apart emotionally, couldn't cope, had almost two months away from the game, something you would not have imagined a coach of that, someone as tough as Alistair Clarkson to just find it. I mean, it was in a way a great admission that he could say that he was really hurting, but it was a massive, massive story and everything accompanied with it, the fallout with Hawthorne, the enmity with, you know, Jeff Kennett, everyone at the club at the time when he left, obviously his bad relationship with Sam Mitchell. Number two, um, the stunning resignation after losing by less than a goal in the Dreamtime game by Richmond coach Damien Hardwick, who was burnt out and time to go a few months later, found the hunger again. <laughs> it wasn't even a few months, was it? It was about two or three? Oh, it was about three months, yep. No, he look, he was always going to the Gold Coast, I thought, as we as, as I think I said. But anyway, that was a big story. I mean, Tom Morris broke that story on SEN on that Monday night. We were just, everyone went, she did not see that coming. And number one, Collingwood. The momentum built really from last year. To for Craig McRae, you know, that whole day to win to win uh, the grand final after winning three finals by twelve points, total of twelve points. You know, the father-son stories, both Nick and Josh Dacos, unbelievable. Peter Dacos to have one such amazing, but two brilliant sons, the other one winning the BNF this year. The performance of Darcy Moore, another great father-son, the speech he made on Anzac Day, followed up by the speech on Grand Final Day. The coach himself to announce he'd just given birth to a baby. His wife had given birth that morning to a baby girl, Maggie. To little Maggie. I mean, it, it was just, it was one of the most romantic. People started barracking for Collingwood, who didn't previously even, couldn't even utter the words Collingwood. So um, that was, I think, by far the biggest footy story of the year. There you I, are. I agree. I think absolutely. And I, li- I like your order. I'm not sure I'd put Damien Hardwick second, but look, you're a Tiger well, I think the, the, impact, so you have that. the impact on the day it happened. Oh, no, I understand that. It, I, I would have put the Melbourne. I would have put the Melbourne Football Club issue because there have been a lot of issues this year. This year, I would have put that whole thing. And when you said basket, bit of a basket case, is that what you said? I think that was your no, 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 I, no, no, that, no. I didn't say that. I, I think that you know. I mean, there were some big stories that I've left out. That the Braden Maynard clash on um, Angus Bradshaw and the Alir Alir concussion too. They were just absolutely extraordinary. Joel's holding up Tasmania, but that sort of really happened last year. They announced this year that they were going to go ahead with the stadium and it was all going to happen and the licence was granted. You're right, Joel. But I think in terms of a big issue, I think that um, I thought I thought my 10 were better. I, I think <laughs> it's bigger. nice having Joel's. I, I do agree that Tassie was because it, then there was all the political fracas and fallout about the ground oh. and the funding and it was a good story. Oh, it's huge. And, and Tassie's in, in my apologies. Aaliyah, Aaliyah, as I said, um, the West Coast implosion and that upset um, against Joel's team, the Western Bulldogs putting them out of the final and the Bulldogs issues. I mean, there are a lot of stories around, but um, Carlton's resurgence, Tasmania. But anyway, it's a subjective was, game, isn't it? Was it was a great season and I loved seeing Collingwood. Uh, it was, it, as you said, it was, just a, it was just a fairy tale. And, Corrie, the reason I don't mention um, the death of Ron Barassi is because he is in our 
next list. I suppose our list of famous valets. Let's and move to that, Caro. So I think Ron Barassi is probably the biggest name in football, don't you? Mm. And we've known for some time that he hasn't been well, but to think he's actually no longer with us is, yeah, it's very, very sad. It is. It really is sad. And um, I, uh, I, like you, we've grown up, completely grown up with Ron Barassi as a as a playing coach, a captain coach, and then as a coach, and then as a as an icon and ambassador for the game. And um, well, the 1970 grand final changed football forever. Then he went to North Melbourne and coached them to their first ever AFL VFL premiership. But also remember when he was in Sydney, yep. he was he was doing such a great job cementing the reputation of the game generally, not just the club, but the game up there. 